Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Welcome back to Accessible Art History, the podcast. This week's episode may be the last one on romanticism, but it's the first maritime work. The Slave Ship by J.M.W. Turner, at first glance, shows a seascape at sunset. However, upon closer inspection, it's a disturbingly violent work. So to learn more about it, then keep on listening. Despite its title, the ship is not the first object that can be seen by the viewer. Instead, our eyes focus on the greenish-gray waters of the swirling ocean. Above that is a vibrant sunset full of rich oranges and reds. The ship itself sails away, getting battered by the rising waves. Moving closer, small figures begin to appear in the waves. They fight for their lives, but are being weighed down by the shackles at their wrists and ankles. The moment is captured with thick, fast, furious brushstrokes. This creates a sense of chaos and despair. These details were deliberately chosen by Turner to showcase the horrors and inhumanity of the Atlantic slave trade. Although this piece is commonly known as the slave ship, it actually has a longer name. Slavers throwing overboard the dead and dying, typhoon coming on. The ship itself was called the Zong and frequently carried slaves throughout the British Empire. In 1781, the ship was sailing for Jamaica and was full of both a crew and slaves. However, the water rations hadn't been properly calculated and it was clear that they were going to run out of fresh water. Because insurance claims wouldn't be paid out due to natural death, the captain of the ship ordered that 132 slaves be thrown overboard to their deaths. This way, it would be ruled an accident, and the slavers could recoup their losses. The case ended up going to court, and the public was shocked at the inhumanity of the event. Although the case was dropped due to inconclusive evidence, it helped strengthen the abolitionist cause in Great Britain. The slave trade was outlawed in 1807, and finally, slavery itself was abolished in 1833 throughout the British Empire. Next, I'm going to dive deeper into the painting itself, but first, let's take a quick break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey there, my name is Annalisa, and I'm the founder of Accessible Art History. As a part of my content offerings, I produce a podcast. For the first several seasons, I will be discussing 50 objects that shape the history of Western art. From prehistoric cave paintings to contemporary art, I'll be covering it all. The podcast was designed for everyone, from the casual couch historian to a museum's expert. It all fits within the larger mission of accessible art history, to create a space for art history lovers, students, and anyone who is curious to explore all periods of art history and human creation. New episodes drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure to follow the Instagram page for all updates at accessible.art.history.
now that we're back, let's go more into the painting itself. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, this work was painted during the Romantic period. In fact, Turner is often considered to be one of the best Romantic artists in England. This is because of a few reasons. Firstly, he used bold and assertive colors to create his compositions. The greens and oranges contrast heavily, creating a distinct skyline as well as creating drama for the story. Turner also didn't utilize strong lines in his work, preferring to keep things more fluid. Not only did this give a sense of impending typhoon, but it showed his place in the Romanticism school. Next, this work falls into the Romantic category called Sublime. This term was coined by Edmund Burke, a philosopher and politician. It means that the artwork focused more on the nature than on the human figures themselves. This was a relatively new concept in art history. As with past podcast subjects, Aang and Delacroix, Turner didn't shy away from painting violent and political works. He used his art to make a statement. The Romantic movement wasn't afraid to use their talents for change. In general, this work was well received by the public. Not only did they like it for its beauty, but because it gave them something tangible to rally behind in the battle for abolition. Many of the public sentiments towards the painting was influenced by John Ruskin, the famous art critic. His father gave him this work as a present in 1844. I think he summed up its appeal well with this quote. If I were reduced to rest Turner's immortality upon any single work, I should choose this. However, there was some criticism regarding the ethics of the work. Due to its horrific subject matter of slave murder, many people felt that it was not ethical to consider it as a beautiful seascape or even as a masterpiece because it was about something so tragic. Personally, I think that's a valid point and the horrors of history need to be addressed in conjunction with the talented brushstrokes of Turner. J.M.W. Turner is not only one of the most famous romantic painters, but also one of the most famous English artists. He was born Joseph Mallard William Turner on April 23, 1775. His family was in the lower middle class and lived in the Covent Garden neighborhood of London. At the age of 14, he was admitted for study at the Royal Academy. This was a huge honor and spoke to his talent at a young age. In 1803, Turner opened up an art gallery and in 1807 began teaching at the academy itself. He also traveled throughout Europe, sketching his travels in a multitude of sketchbooks. Despite his financial success, Turner lived in squalor and poverty. One anecdote has him rowing a boat to the middle of the Thames to avoid being counted in the census for property taxes. Contemporary reports tell us that Turner was a cranky and withdrawn man. He never married, but he did have two illegitimate children by his housemaid. After the death of his father, Turner became more withdrawn and morose. Because of this, his gallery closed and his art became darker and more emotional. J.M.W. Turner died on December 19, 1851, at the age of 76. He is most remembered for taking the landscape genre and elevating it to a level never seen before, ranking close to the beloved history paintings. Besides the slave ship, some of his other famous works are The Fighting Temeraire, Rain, Steam, and Speed, The Great Western Railway, and Snowstorm, Seam Boat Off the Harbor's Mouth. The Slave Ship by J.M.W. Turner is a violent and powerful work of art. It shows the viewers the horrors of the slave trade through the lens of romanticism. Make sure to tune in to next week's episode. I'm going to be jumping into realism with Corbet's The Stonebreakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.